Notes from Greenelsh, number 94. Worship the right God. A student told me she believes in God, but not how some people do. I asked her some questions to try and understand her meaning. She felt that some people use the wrong name for God. Some talk about God as being three, but not one. And still others pick and choose what they want God to be, instead of looking to the Torah to learn who He is. Once I realized that she has a Jewish background, I understood better what she meant, and I agreed with some but not all of her points. I encouraged her to keep reading the entire Bible, because in it, God has revealed who He is and how we can know and love Him. We all worship someone or something. We're created to honor, invest in, and ascribe worth. Without worship, we lack purpose, joy, hope, and a way to express love. Some people worship themselves. Some people worship family or other people. And some people worship things that please them. Other people worship a God of their own making. In contrast, the God of the Bible describes himself as the one and only God. As the eternal almighty God, he created everyone and calls each of us to worship him above anything else, for that's the only way to be saved, fulfilled, and to become the best version of ourselves he has designed. It's critical that you develop a correct understanding of God and use clear terminology for talking about him, because your concept of God determines your quality of life, your impact on others, and your destiny. The best way to understand God is to prayerfully study the Bible, which is His Word to us, and then do what it says, trusting God to help you. In this short note, I can't touch on all the wonderful aspects of God, but as you read the Bible, you will see them. Right now, I'll mention just one fundamental aspect of His character which sets Him apart. He is one God expressed in three equal persons with distinct roles, Father, Son, and Spirit. This is also known as triunity or trinity. Although this is hard for our finite minds to comprehend, it is the way he reveals himself numerous times throughout the Bible. A whole book could be written on this subject, but I'm just going to share a few passages to help you understand this important teaching. In the beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth, and everything in them. He created humankind in His image. In Genesis it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In this passage, notice God said, in our image. The Hebrew word used is Elohim, which is a plural word. Yet later, after God chooses the people of Israel to represent him to all nations and delivers him out of Egyptian bondage, to learn to be his people in the land he promised them? God describes himself as one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
How can God be plural and singular? Admittedly, this is somewhat of a mystery. Yet we see God at work saving humankind throughout history, using all three persons of his single, unified nature. In fact, everything God does involves all three persons in some capacity, because even though he expresses himself in distinct roles, he remains always one. The word Lord, spelled with all capital letters in the English Bible, means Y-H-W-H, or Yahweh in Hebrew. It's used over 6,800 times throughout the Bible, and it speaks of all the Godhead. It simply means to be, the eternal I am. He is the answer to our every need. It is the name God first used for himself when Moses asked him, Who should I say is sending me to Egypt to deliver the Israelites? At Babel, Elohim investigated the tower to the sky that the people were building, and Yahweh judged them for relying and promoting themselves and disobeying his command to fill the earth. The same God is described plurally and singularly. In the New Testament, Jesus, God the Son, called himself Yahweh also, and the religious leaders tried to immediately stone him for it, because they understood he was claiming to be the I Am, divinity reserved for God alone. Their closed hearts judged him as blasphemous instead of accepting Jesus' declaration as the truth. Are you open to accepting the great I Am as Father, Son, and Spirit? Here are a few key times in our redemptive history with scripture verses highlighting all three persons of the Lord at work. In the podcast, I'll mention the event and its significance, but if you want the scripture references, you can refer to the text blog on the Lightrunner website. First, creation. Almighty, eternal, all-loving God created everything, including every person, and he holds all things together. Next, Messiah. Messiah, or Christ in Greek, means the anointed one or chosen one. God chose Jesus, the Son, to represent himself to humankind by having Jesus humbly become fully man while still remaining fully God. The birth of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God who became a man and lived the life we should live and died the death that we deserve in order to save all who believe in him. He is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Baptism Jesus began his public ministry as a man with the audible approval of God the Father and God the Spirit descending on him. Transfiguration Through the power of God the Spirit, Jesus shared a glimpse of his majestic glory with three disciples. God the Father approved of him, his message, and his mission. Crucifixion and Resurrection Jesus' innocent death on our behalf satisfied God's just requirement for payment for all our wrongdoing and evil. His resurrection from the dead conquered the power of death, sin, and Satan. Thus, people who trust and obey Jesus 
can be united with God and live for Him and become like Him now and forever. Redemption. Our broken nature is to live for ourselves instead of God. This will end in our death. Fortunately, out of His grace and love, God has made a way to save us. The Father, Son, and Spirit are all involved in making this possible for those who believe. And finally, recreation. Jesus will return from heaven to finish setting things right on earth. He will reward believers, judge unbelievers, and put an end to Satan, death, and evil. God will make a new heaven and a new earth and dwell with believers as their God forever. Just as God works throughout the Bible, God is still at work saving today because we cannot save ourselves. The Spirit is convicting unbelievers of their deadly sin and calling them to repentance and faith in God. He is also indwelling, encouraging, empowering, and teaching and reminding believers of everything Jesus did and said while on earth. Soon the Son, Jesus, will come back to consummate His kingdom and return all that was given to Him back to His Father. All of this is under the design and the direction of the Father, and for the glory of all three persons of the Godhead. No other God or person intimately knows you, deeply loves you, and faithfully provides for you, like I am does. Judaism has yet to recognize Jesus as God and as their Messiah. Islam places faith in Allah, a holy yet impersonal, inconsistent, and sometimes deceitful God. Hinduism worships many gods of varying attributes, striving toward a goal of constant reincarnation until enlightenment is reached. Shintoism worships Kami, a variety of spirits which inhabit natural things like elements of the landscape or forces of nature. Deism recognizes the existence of a higher power, but believes it is unknowable and neither cares nor intervenes in the affairs of humankind. Buddhism rejects gods in favor of reaching nirvana and the ceasing of suffering by following eight virtuous disciplines. Similarly, Taoism has no god, but follows the dynamic way of opposing forces in order to find immortality devoid of suffering. Secular humanism rejects gods and emphasizes people's soul potential and shared responsibility to attain excellence. Atheists deny that God exists. None of these religions or philosophies adequately address the needs of the human heart. Like, who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? What's right? What's wrong? And where am I going? You were created with a need to know God, and no man-made God or idea will fill that void. Only the great I Am can satisfy your soul. I know I presented quite a bit to think about. Hopefully, the more you look into the Trinity, the more blessed you are by how unique and awesome the ever-living God is. 
God the Father wants you to be His child. Jesus the Son makes that possible. You can experience true, abundant life by trusting and obeying Jesus through the power of the Spirit. Nothing is worthy of your worship like the God of the Bible is. Today and every day, may the glorious triune work of God ignite praise and fan flames of worship in you for the one and only God.